0: Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. Let's get to it. Anthony for three. Well, that was not great. Um, Tough loss last night for the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden. We're going to talk about it here on this episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode 583 of BD4. No, 584. Episode 584 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis We do Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion, but we're talking New York Knicks Monday, November 27th. As I record, it's the night after this episode should be out in a few hours, if not early, early Tuesday morning before the Knicks take off, take on the Charlotte Hornets on Tuesday night. But this one sucked Um, and we're going to dive right into it. So welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, RJ. If you are new, be sure to subscribe to the show. If you want, follow this um, podcast on Apple Podcasts. Share it with your friends on social media. You can subscribe to the video format of the show on YouTube. But the Knicks lost 116-113 to against the Phoenix Suns on um, Sunday night. So... um, Yeah, and, you know, Phoenix was obviously without Kevin Durant. Uh, Of course, Bradley Beal still out. And um, if you care, Grayson Allen didn't play. The Knicks were fully healthy. And I think that's kind of where we should start. That's probably why the Knicks lost this game is because they, you know, with that news, they came into the game a little laxed. Um, And they were just, if you could just put it, in one word, they were out hustled. They were out hustled in this game uh, defensively, on the glass, at times in transition. They were just out hustled. They put in less effort. They were a step slow all night, especially in the first half. Um, you know, I mean, you look at Phoenix, and they're a team that, you know, let's be honest, they don't have much depth at all outside of their big three. Um, a real big three, by the way. Um, and two of their big three did not play. So they had Booker and then a bunch of mid-to-low-level role players. Um, But they still beat the Knicks. Why? Again, they put in more work. They busted their ass. The Knicks didn't exactly bust their ass from quarters one to four. Um, You know... They had their moments where they made their push in the second half, but I just I never really felt like the Knicks were winning this game at any point. Even when they made their runs, you know, I just I didn't trust the defense enough. The defense they never corrected themselves and they were playing such bad defense where I wouldn't have felt comfortable with a lead unless you know, unless it was like seven, eight point lead. But you know, the most, you know, the biggest lead the Knicks had is, I believe, two, right? They flirted with two tie games, uh, one-point lead. It never really got higher than two. So that was not enough, obviously. And, and yeah, they were out-hustled. That's the one word you could really put on um, this game. Uh, Phoenix got off to this 7-0 run. Uh, Brunson knocks down a floater for the Knicks first basket finally but the Knicks had trouble guarding Eric Gordon we'll talk about that he helps Phoenix jump up to a 15-7 lead early on the Knicks call their first timeout then Brunson's hot he's red hot out of the timeout mid-range baskets he's going to the basket but others just not ready Everybody else outside Brunson just not ready to play basketball. They weren't playing any defense. They weren't boxing out. Hartenstein had problems securing rebounds early. The offense went cold. They had no three-pointers made the Knicks in the first quarter. So the Suns were up 12 points after one. Early second quarter quickly knocks down the Knicks' first three-pointer right away. Um, And he was the only offense for them early second until Brunson checked back in. And Brunson checks back in, he knocks down a three, he makes a nice kick out to Dante for a three, that cuts the deficit to seven, but then it's just more of the same shit. There was no rebounding, they couldn't play defense without fouling, easy pathways and lanes to the basket, and then Phoenix is up 64-56 at halftime. Third quarter comes, Brunson again, He's he's on one and he cuts the deficit to four points with a few early baskets, um, but the Knicks just more unspeakably poor defense and all of a sudden Phoenix is up 15 points again <laughs> you know open three-pointer for Gordon again yeah Booker gets hot he scores 11 in the period Randall is switched on to him we'll talk about that the Knicks make a big run you know they they bite into it they cut the deficit a little bit and um it's Randall who's actually, he, he decided to wake up in the second half. I guess somebody told him that, hey, Randall, KD's not playing. So he decides to show up, and he's, he's putting the team on, their back, on his back. You know, he's working in transition. He's attacking the basket, getting to the free throw line a, tons, tons, a ton. Um, and he scored 17 points of his 28 points in the third quarter. Um, Brunson has the bad turnover to end the third quarter. Then you get Mitch on the other end, baited on the three-point line. Phoenix is up 95-92 after three. And in the fourth quarter comes the Knicks. Again, their defensive ineptitude to begin the fourth. You see it. Open looks, offensive rebounds, terrible fouls once again. Josh Hart gets crossed up but doesn't bother recovering and allows an open three. Phoenix goes up six. The Knicks tie the game again, 107 all, about midway through the fourth. Randall knocks down the baseline fadeaway, then Brunson knocks down the three, so that ties it. But then Phoenix retakes the lead. Once Randall, uh, he's forced in it down low in traffic. R.J. is beat by Booker uh, from the right wing on the other end. And honestly, right after that, the Knicks lost this game Um, because they had plenty of opportunities to cash in, but they could not. You had moments where Brunson misses a floater, Randall misses a wide open three. Then Randall starts forcing it down low. He's missing a few times there. He's fumbling the ball. Mitch gets it. Mitch gets fouled. He misses two free throws. Brunson has the uh, free throw tech that he takes on the take foul. He misses that. Quickly rushes a three pointer. It was ugly. Um, and then, with less than one minute left, the Knicks still fighting because that's what they do. They fight. Had an excellent sequence. There was a great defensive possession where they were playing great help defense on Booker up top. It, the ball goes back down to Nurkic. Great help defense on him. They they force a turnover late in the shot clock. And then Brunson ties the game with the fadeaway mid And that's when we get to the Booker shot. Right? Um Phoenix goes down the other end. Booker Booker gets the switch onto Randall. Randall doesn't go tight enough on Booker, who hits the game winner. RJ doesn't either. Uh, Booker hits the game winner from the three-point line. So the final score being 116, and we're going to talk about that too. 116-113 Suns at Madison Square Garden last night. And um, before we dive into this, before we sink our teeth into all these topics and subtopics, this is I'm, I'm going to be heavy on my notes this episode because there are a lot of specific possessions that I want to reference that I jotted down on my word doc. So if you're watching the YouTube edit, I often look at my notes, you could tell, but I'm going to be looking down a lot. um, Just because I have a lot of things to discuss here in in my document here um, regarding like specific possessions throughout this game. So just a little bit of a little bit of a heads up. Um, So let's talk about this and, and we'll do it as soon as we get back from our first break here. On BD4, episode 584 of the podcast. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
1: We appreciate you sticking around and listening so far. When you have a chance, be sure to open YouTube to subscribe, like, and comment. And if you're already watching on YouTube, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. We appreciate your feedback and are always looking to improve. Now, with that all said, let's get you back to the show. All right. If you have time in the day, or
0: whoops, that was an accident. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host R.J. Carbone. Thank you for stopping by. Um, yeah, I, it, it was. It was a bad game for the Knicks. Um, I'm not putting this loss on Tibbs last night. You know, I didn't love what I saw from Tom Thibodeau against the Miami Heat. Um, hold on. Sorry, I had to step out for a second. I had to pause the podcast, there, pause the recording. Um, we were talking about Tibbs. Yeah, I, I liked. I actually liked uh, a lot of the decisions from Tom Thibodeau last night. Um, I thought the defense. Sure, um, it wasn't good. Uh, but I'm not gonna say it wasn't scheme that hurt. Um, however, that scheme, that plan, should have been the plan, the next game plan last night was to neutralize Booker and force others to beat them. That's what you do when there's no Durant, there's no Beal, and you're playing a team with, again, little to no depth. It just so happened that those middle to low-level role players had nights much better than their norm from three-point land, right? Eric Gordon turned back the fucking clock. Uh, Nazir Little isn't going to go three for six every night. The guy barely averages two three-point attempts a night. Um, Those other randoms, they're two for three, two for four, two for two. Like, that's not going to happen every night. So they lost out on the arc out of pure chance, right? Um, So, yeah, I mean, the plan was to help and recover. They won heavy on the help, but they didn't often recover. They were slow on their closeouts. So I think the Knicks, had they played with a little extra effort, the scheme maybe doesn't backfire like it did. So I like the plan. They just didn't execute it. It was smart to take the ball out of Booker's hands as much as they could. Um, and, and because the Knicks were so bad on the boards in the first half, you actually saw like, part of the reason Brunson had six rebounds was because Tibbs made it a point of emphasis for him to crash the glass. You saw that last night. Uh, the Knicks were out-rebounded by... Uh, they, I'm sorry, they let up 14 offensive rebounds in the first half last night. But they allowed zero offensive rebounds in the third quarter, and that was a quarter where you can see Brunson was down there as the low man. I uh, even saw moments in the second quarter there where they had him down there. He was crashing the glass, and you could tell that was directive. Um, And I like Tom Thibodeau's rotations last night. I thought... He made good decisions with the lineups. Um, I love the vote of confidence that he gave RJ, trusting his defense. Right, RJ was checked back in for um, Josh Hart late in the game last night. Five minutes to go. The Knicks are down three. They needed defense. And RJ gave them exactly that late. Sons, the the final possession. Uh, He was playing really good defense on Booker late in the game. And I also liked how Tibbs went to quickly a little bit earlier last night he kept him out there from the middle of the third quarter uh the rest of the the rest of the way so he played the final let's say 18 15, uh, 17 18 minutes so i like that um i i just again i think the terrible defense was just due to ex- just poor effort um some you know low iq moments you know the Knicks allowed 116 points um, they allowed 30 points in each quarter, except for the fourth, uh, 21 points allowed in the fourth, but just you know, too many three pointers allowed too many. Eric Gordon was left open way too much. He was given way too much space on the weak side. The Knicks weren't adjusting. Um, this was partially due to the Knicks helping off of shooters and onto Booker, right? They were forcing Phoenix to use their depth with Katie or Beale. Grimes had to help on him early first quarter, and then Brunson had to rotate up. He was too late. You know, that's, that's the beauty of having Gordon one pass away from the action is that he can space out so deep, your guy's going to have to close out much further. Um, the Knicks were just cheating off the corners too much. Brunson was leaving too much room. Even if Booker wasn't driving, there was a possession early third quarter where Josh Okogie drives, Brunson sinks in to help, and he leaves Eric Gordon wide open um Josh Hart cheating a few a few times too much and then not closing out hard enough Randall leaving way too much room on the corners that affected the rotations and their closeouts Th- there was a really disturbing possession early third quarter where RJ gets screened off on the weak side um and Eric Gordon's in the same weak side corner and Randall's right there But once the pass is made to Eric Gordon, Randall just stands there and he watches him slowly take his time to set up his shot and release. Randall sits there. He sits there. His hands are down. He's not moving his feet. And he watches RJ struggle on his recovery to close out. And it just really bothered me, man. You know, it really, really bothered me watching his effort at times in this game. Um... The Knicks were cheating middle a lot to deter the drive, right? RJ would stunt at a Booker drive a couple of times, but he'd be late on his recover. Um, there was a possession mid-first quarter that really bothered me when it came to the Knicks overhelping. Um, Grimes was doing a very nice job locking up Booker on the baseline. Brunson was on Okogie in the weak side corner, but for some reason... Brunson tries to double-team Nurkic on the weak side elbow three. Mitch was on him. So he doesn't stay home on Okogie, And so the second he steps up on Nurkic, Okogi cuts back door for the easy layup. Um, just low-intelligent shit like that. There is some miscommunication. Um, late first quarter, four minutes left, the Knicks had three guys defending two guards on the strong side. So obviously uh, Goodwin makes the weak side pass. And the Knicks are late on their rotation because of that. Um, you had Randall and RJ miscommunication on a miscommunicating on a pin down early second half. Um, there was also a possession where I don't know if Tibbs had Randall in a deep drop, but I cannot imagine he did because it doesn't line up with the rest of their plan all night long. But it was on that Booker and one jumper in the third quarter where Randall was in a drop on the Bates the Booker pick uh, pick and roll. He was in a drop. Booker pulls up from the free-throw line extended and Randall's in a drop coverage behind the free-throw line with his hands down at his side. I cannot imagine that was a directive from Tibbs to play him in a drop. So, yeah, it, it was ugly, man. Um, the rebounding was not good. It felt like nobody was boxing out. The guards certainly didn't box out. The guards had a lot of trouble last night securing rebounds. Hartenstein a few times. Um, we mentioned that. Grimes. Had one taken away from him by Josh Okogie early in the first quarter. Randall wasn't boxing out. He wasn't in good position all night. RJ wasn't boxing out. The Knicks are normally the best rebounding team in the league. And Phoenix is usually pretty middle of the pack to mediocre. While well, the Knicks were out-rebounded by 9 last night, 47-38. Randall had just 5. Hart had just 3. Quickly just 2. RJ just 2. And Dante only 1. It's not going to win you the game. You know, the Knicks allow an average of eight offensive rebounds per game. Phoenix was allowed 18 of them last night. And again, 14 of them in the first half, just way too many offensive rebounds allowed creating extra possessions. And you just cannot afford to give away extra possessions like that. Um, and again, just uh, the Knicks would like grab a rebound and, and they wouldn't secure it. And which the ball would just fall loose. They get picked Maddening. Um, they were just a step slow all night. You could see they weren't there right out the gate. Not in it. Uh, Randall was getting cooked out there. Uh, in the second half, Vogel started using Booker to call Randall's man over so he could screen, so they could put Randall into action, uh, and they did. They went after him and pick and roll, and it worked to perfection time and time again. Third quarter, Booker got him in a switch with nine minutes to go. That's the one where Randall drops off. Booker knocks down the right elbow jumper. Booker got him in a switch. A minute later, with eight minutes to go in the third quarter, knocks down the free throw line extended. Um, late fourth quarter, you have the pocket pass up top on the right wing. Randall doesn't bother bringing help onto Booker as he blows by RJ. He just stands there, and he's on Nurkic. Nurkic is not going to hurt you from deep. You take that chance, and you help off him. You know, um... And then, of course, it worked on the final shot of the game, right? Uh, I don't know what either Randall or RJ were thinking. Um, the Knicks just—they spent so much time of this game denying Booker the ball and trapping him. So you cannot let him get the ball back there. Um, that was a mistake. After he gives it up, you cannot. You have to play great ball denial. Uh, make somebody else beat you there. And four seconds left on the clock once Booker gets the ball back and he starts moving towards the corner. RJ's not aggressive enough. Randall's not aggressive at all. He's flat-footed. Gives Booker way too much airspace. His arms weren't up there again right at his hips until way late. And you know, Booker knocks down the shot. Um, It was just ugly, man. I You know... The fourth quarter defense was better, but by then it was too late. Right? I thought, again, RJ played good defense down the stretch. Um, the help defense on Booker throughout the night was good. You know, They sent two to the ball every time. Grimes was doing a nice job throughout the game. There was that one, again, that beautiful sequence we mentioned, late fourth quarter. They help on Booker, help on Nurkic. They made good rotations. They closed out, and they forced that turnover that led to the Brunson fadeaway to tie the game, but... Too late, right? He woke up in the second half, Booker did, and he started hitting Gordon weak side even if he got helped helped on, and the Knicks just didn't make quick enough rotations on their scrambles when they were helping. You know, RJ, Randall, Mitch, even at times, it was ugly. Um, so, yeah, chalk it up as a bad defensive performance from a good defensive team. Um, I expect their defense to bounce back, but... Again, they took a risk with that scheme. The game plan was to help on on Booker, force others to beat them. Smart game plan, just didn't execute it. Um, on the other side, I, I guess you could say it's a positive that the offense for the Knicks found it. They scored 113 points, 40 uh, percent three point shooting. Right, uh, I thought the offense looked pretty creative. Uh, the Knicks ran a horns action early on. Randall just got very lazy on it, so it wasn't exactly executed to perfection. Um, late in the game, uh, you had that nice play. I don't know if it was a set drawn up by Tibbs or it was just on the fly, but it was the one where Brunson drives, turns around, picks up his dribble. Randall cuts to the basket. Brunson makes the pocket pass to him. That puts the Knicks up too. Um, and Randall's been cutting a lot this year. I, I, I'll give him credit there. He's been, you're seeing more cuts. Um, the guard screens that we're seeing lately, I like seeing that. It helps the Knicks get into favorable matchups and get some open looks. Um, you know, you saw that in the Miami game with Brunson getting the switch onto Hawkins. Uh, but last night, the, the quickly go screen into a pick-and-pop with Brunson, right? Brunson's up top, quickly fakes the screen, fades into space on the elbow three, knocks it down. Um, the Knicks were running pistol actions again. You know, there was actually a possession I liked early second quarter where, RJ rejects the pistol action to hit the weak side. The Knicks, they run pistol with IQ initiating, RJ's on the ball, and then I-Heart's uh, the screener and roller. So you had quickly setting up RJ and DHO. Hartenstein rolls off the screen, but instead of RJ running 3-5 pick and roll with Hartenstein, he hits the weak side shooter and Dante off the handoff. Um, so that was interesting. It's not something you see often with the Knicks. They usually run through the entire action, but... I thought it was good offense. You know, it was a nice... Again, they have a read and react offense, right? So it was a nice read mid-action there by R.J. Barrett. Um, There was another possession similar to that where the Knicks set up a pistol between Brunson initiating DHO to IQ, and then Mitch was the screener and roller. Instead, this time, uh, it's Brunson who rejects the pistol. He keeps it. Brunson fakes the handoff. He drives, then kicks to Quickly, who cuts into space, quickly drives, picks up his dribble in the middle, and then he hits a cutting Brunson backdoor. So some creative read and react offense from the Knicks last night. Um, That was a positive. Um, A negative of the offense continues to be the free throw shooting. It's still a problem. It is still a major problem that we have. The Knicks just about 72% last night. Uh, They missed nine of them. But it's It's timely. Uh, free throws, right? It's timely foul shooting. That continues to be a big issue late in the games. It happens all too often. Uh, you have in this game, Brunson misses the take foul free throw. He won over two last night. Overall, Hartenstein missed one late, but I'll take three or four from him. But Mitchell Robinson, he misses too late Two very important free throws late in the game. He goes one for four in total. He's down to 35% on the season at the foul line. Now, I know Mitch is a traditional big. He's taller, different angle when he shoots it, big hands. He's not a stretch big. I I get all of that, but man, I need you making at least 50%. And even that is a low, 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 low ask. 35%? That's pretty pathetic. It's pathetic and it's also a problem too. Like, Mitch has had a good year. He's been very consistent. He's been a top three player on this team so far, in my opinion. This is why Hartenstein closed a lot of games last season and probably will continue to as he's done lately. Um, Because the defense is, they're just going to hack Mitchell Robinson coming off the old glass. Now, in the final two minutes, obviously the rule change, you can play him there, but... What about the rest of the fourth quarter? Like he's gonna have to sit some big minutes, unless he starts knocking out his free throws at a semi semi adequate rate, because thirty five percent is not. uh, It's not it, man. He's he's not he's unplayable that way. You gotta be able to knock down half. Give us one or two, and I'll run with it. But thirty five percent—that's—that's—that's you missing two of every three. That's what that basically is. So, yeah. It's too many guys missing free throws on this team. Um, Let's head to break. Uh, when we get back, we'll talk a little about... Uh, we'll hand out our first award. We'll hand out our first game ball from the starting unit. When we return for break, stay with us here on BD4, episode 584. Be right back.
1: You can also find us on social media. If you'd like, you can follow BD4 on Facebook, and we're at BD4Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We appreciate you helping us grow more and more every day. Let's get back to it.
0: <clears throat> All right. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, episode 584 of BD4. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Jalen Brunson, I'm handing him um the game ball from the starting unit. Bing bang. <laughs> I hate handing these out in losses, but I do it because um I want you know at the end of the season I like to count up. How much everybody has. And, you know, they kind of win the team MVP. But Brunson last night, 35 points. 35 points. Six boards. Eight assists. Three steals a block. He was unbelievable, man. He shot efficiently as hell. 15 of 25 from the floor. Five of 10 from three, specifically. He's back. He's so back. You know, there, there was... A little concerned from earlier in the year. Maybe there shouldn't have been, but he's back. He's scoring 30 consistently again. He's still red hot from three, which is unbelievable. He's one of the best three-pointer shooters. He's one of the best three-point shooters in the game, and that's not being talked about enough. Because um, with the with the efficiency, of course, but also now the volume that he's shooting them with. Um, yeah, he's finding his game. He's finding it at the first two levels, right? That was a big conversation earlier in the year, the two-point game. Um, but now he's starting to finish the basket very well. The mid-range jumper is back to being elite. Uh, he's 50% on his two-point shot in the last 11 games. Um, and in the last four games, he's 63% from there. So overall in the season, he's got it up to 46%. 46%, not good, but it's it keeps climbing. Um Closer and closer to 50. And that's where you want your twos. Um, but, yeah, he, he put the team on his back last night, man, with his scoring. 20 points in the first half where nobody else showed up until, you know, Randall woke up in the third quarter, quickly started hitting baskets in the second half. But Jalen Brunson's incredible. His craftiness, his craftiness, I say it all the time, is unbelievable. How he's able to create separation The way he does without crazy athleticism or without Kyrie-like handles. It's impressive. You know, he's just, he's very shifty. The head fakes, the shoulder shimmies. He uses his off-arm very effectively. The incredible footwork. It's all just very high IQ stuff when he gets into the paint. His first make of the game, an unbelievable push-cross into a floater. Like it was nothing. Not many guards out there have better footwork than Jalen Brunson. Maybe James Harden, and that's got to be it. And he's and he's built like he's a small dude, but you look at his shoulders. The dude is a, is a brick shit house. He's got strength. That's why he posts up a lot of taller defenders at times. Unbelievable once he gets two feet into the paint, what he's able to do. Uh, he was creating for others. Some more last night. Eight assists. I like the passing. A little sloppy, but I like the passing. And again, he was rebounding last night. That was nice to see. Uh, the only negatives in Brunson's game last night was the off-ball defense was not great. He was cheating a lot. Um, and, of course, he missed the clutch free throw and the potential game-tying t- game shot at the buzzer. Uh, but I think considering the shoulder injury, he was questionable to play tonight. Uh, last night... Um, you know, because he was banged up in the Miami game. I'll take 35 points from him. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it was another spectacular game from a spectacular player. Um, just please get this kid some help because the Nick Wings aren't cutting it right now for him. Outside of R.J. Barrett, Brunson needs some damn help on the wing uh, because who, who, I mean, Grimes, Hart. Dante, they continue to overwhelm. I think that's fair to say, right? They've been underwhelming. Dante's been okay. Hart's been okay, but not the same. Grimes has been a little brutal for, for a bit now. My gosh. But I just need a little bit more from them. A tiny bit more. Josh Hart, still not shooting the damn ball, man. He's still not shooting the ball. There's more hesitancy. And it's just, it's killer in the half court. And we, we've spoken on that enough, I know. But man, it's killer. Because the defense just doesn't respect him, so they're going to use that help defender on the ball. Now other guys have to do twice as much work because he's not aggressive, because he's not knocking him down. It's it's very frustrating to have to watch Josh Hart kill the spacing, kill the offensive flow every time we get into the half court. Dante DiVincenzo. And one, thing, one last thing on Hart. Eventually... You know, we may not be talking about it now, but eventually we might have to be start. Jesus Christ. Eventually we might have to start talking about that contract. I'm just I'm throwing that out there right now. Um Dante DiVincenzo still having issues at the basket last night. Another bad miss in the in, in the fourth quarter. Big moment. I know that's the thing with him. He he does he's never had great touch at the rim. Um it was weird because after this game, I was like, man, Dante's not been hitting his threes this year. And I look, he was two for three. And on the season, he's 40%. It just doesn't feel like it, though. It doesn't feel like it's a consistent 40%. I don't know. His defense his defense has been good. I know that. He's rebounding and all that. But, man, I, I, I just need more from him. I feel like he's underwhelmed. Um, and with Grimes, it's getting bad. It's getting bad. He's playing way too fast out there. He's rushing everything. He's not being assertive enough. We know this. Um, and I do agree with the other side who says that Tibbs needs to do a better job of finding him. But I'm not gonna, you know, expect that. That's not gonna happen. You know, it's year three and you're still not seeing that. Look who he's playing with. Um, I just I think he's in his own head. I mean, he took a mid range last night. He's super hesitant, twitchy. You could see, he's he's not in the right space. Um, It's good that he's playing defense, because that's the only reason he's in the rotation. I mean, if if he wasn't playing elite level defense, and that might even be a stretch this year, I I don't think his defense has been that great. But if he wasn't playing good defense, there is no question in my mind he'd be off the floor. Um, He's got to get it going. Um, he's still going to start, though, right? That's not going to change as long as he plays D, Um, because his minutes do get cut at the end of the night, anyway. But I guess at the end of the day, I mean, these are all role players. You know, it's hard to like if they were consistent, they'd be more than just role players. So we can't expect too much from them. Um, I mean, the Knicks got Dante at mid-level exception money, right? Grimes is still on his rookie deal. You know, Knicks fans expected this kid to be a star. They did. I never saw that in him. I still don't. Uh, but Knicks fans thought he was a star. Um, the Knicks stars are R.J. Brunson, Randall, Quickly. Those are their four stars, right? They're, they're, they're Those are the four guys who need to be doing their thing first and foremost. Then we can look at the other guys. The, the Grimes of the world. So, because of that, I am all for moving any one of Grimes or Dante. Um, I was going to say Hart, but you can't move Hart because of the new CBA. Um, but I'm any, I'm for moving any one of Grimes or Dante at the deadline for wing help, some size. Absolutely. Because I prefer the Knicks. I mean, we all know the neat size and I want like a three, four wing instead of a two, three wing. You know, I need someone who could actually fill in behind Randall because the heart thing ain't working for me. Um, and, you know, we could talk about lineup changes all we want, but I think it's it's personnel. The Knicks are just, they're not, there's not enough talent to be better than a team who is nine and 9-7. And I think that's, we'll float around that mark all year. That's just who they are until they get a superstar next to Jalen Brunson. Um, you know? Marginal improvements, like getting a bigger wing. How much does that raise their ceiling? I don't know. I, I'm for it. I do it. Um, as long as it's not including, you know, picks. But, um, yeah, it's, the, but the end of the day, this is, you know, we have to zoom out a little bit. This is who the Knicks are. They're going to win 45 to 47 games. Do they have a good year? You know? There's always the possibility of them not having a good year. But say they do. It's it's 45-47 wins, second round of the playoffs. They have a ceiling until they get to that next guy. Um, RJ Barrett's still not there. Fourth game back. Still doesn't look great. The jumper wasn't there last night. It hasn't been since he's been back. Three of the four nights he's been back, the jumper looks pretty bad. Um... So that's been forcing him to drive more. But he was getting blocked a lot last night. Uh, the playmaking has slowed down too. You know, he's usually creating for others. But he forced a lot of looks in the paint last night on Nurkic. And he's been doing that since his return. These are all bad indicators, man. Because that's been a problem for him in the past. In uh, the rebounding with RJ. He had seven the other night. But on the year, it's been low-key very bad. I'm starting to, that's that's not really making noise right now, but I'm starting to notice that it's been really weak. He's been very weak on the boards. Um, I noticed it more last night because I watched him, and he's not boxing out. You know, and, you know, nobody's talking about that. But yeah, like for a 6'6", 220-pound guard, he's got to be giving you more than two rebounds. I think he averages three, maybe four a night right now. He needs to be up at this point in his career at six, seven rebounds a night. You know? Um, I I like the defense last night, especially in the game. That's better, so that's good. But it's getting to a point where, again, we're four games back in his return now. Uh, And I don't believe he's scored 20 yet. And he's just not been the same guy he was earlier. I'm just worried if he fooled people. I, I hope it's not regression back to the mean. I hope... That it is, in fact, a, a an improvement, a jump, a leap. But, yeah, I, I'm a little concerned. On a positive, I'm going to hand quickly the other game ball. Bing, bang! Um, that's his 10th of the year. Quickly's 10th now. I think Brunson has 7. Second on the team. Quickly, 18 points last night. Knocked down 3 of 6 on the 3-point line and 7 of 8 at the 3 point at the, at the free throw line. Um yeah, he was good. He was key in, you know, leading the, leading the Knicks on their runs. Some big moments in the first half and of course in the fourth quarter too. Um timely three-pointers. Got to the foul line and for some reason, I don't know why, but for some reason for whatever reason defenses continue to go under on him. There were two instances last night where Phoenix went under and he made them pay. I think it was Excuse me. I think it was uh, Nazir Little the first time, and then Jordan Goodwin also below the screen. I don't get it. Defenses keep doing that shit. I just don't understand it. Um. Yeah. Wasn't efficient inside the arc last night, but it, um, he did knock down that nice mid range going to his right. That's kind of a shot that he's made his home last year or two. Um. And he, and he played good defense. He played good help defense on Booker. Uh, and he continues to be a solid two-way player, man, and and that's that's why you're going to see him close games. He closed again last night, as he should continue to. You know, if he can't start games, and I understand him not being able to start with the balance you want to bring, then he should 1,000% be in the closing five consistently. So, that's it. Just a tough loss last night. Very tough loss that I feel like the Knicks should have taken. Uh, I, I feel like I feel like they had to take that game. I feel like this is gonna go into that group of games where we're gonna look back at it in April when the Knicks don't have the seed they want. I'm I'm grouping this loss with the opening night loss against Boston, even the one against Boston two weeks ago. I'm grouping it with that. The final score of that game, not indicative of how the first three and a half quarters went. Um grouping it with those two games, the Bucks game is in that category from earlier this month, uh, and now you got this one. So those uh, four or five games, whatever that is, I group those all in the same category as games we're going to look back at in April. If the Knicks aren't in a great position, and there's reason to believe they might not be, as games that the Knicks, like I feel like last year they take those games. Last season they're taking a lot more of those close games, where. They come in as the underdog and pull away. Um, it's just not been happening this year. The Miami one—that's one. That's that's one. But you got you got to do more. Uh, the good thing is now you have two two golden opportunities, two platinum opportunities to get hot again. Because you got Charlotte coming up tomorrow night. That's the last game in group play. Um, and then you got a regular season game against Detroit on Thursday. I think you have Detroit. I think it's Thursday, yeah. So, both of those games are at the Garden to wrap up this homestand. And so, I mean, the Knicks are currently 9-7, and seven, right? Not good. But with these two games ahead, if they get on that plane to Toronto Thursday night, Anything worse than 11 and 7? We've got some real fucking problems to discuss. We've got some problems. And with that, we will wrap up this show with our trivia when we return from break one final time.
1: If you have time in the day, or maybe just prefer old-fashioned reading over listening, then you can always follow along and subscribe to BD4Blog by going to BD4Blog.com. We're not on there as often, but when we do post, it's just as entertaining, opinionated, and passionate as we are on this podcast. Thank you so much, and let's keep on with the show.
0: Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. All right. So for this episode, episode 584 of the podcast, we're going to wrap this up with our trivia. And our trivia for this episode is who are the three current Knicks that are top 10 in franchise history for three-pointers made? All right. Who are the three current Knicks that are top 10 in franchise history for three-pointers made? So let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. Who are the three current Knicks that are top 10 in franchise history for three-pointers made? All right. With that said, I think that's all we've got for this episode, episode 584 of the podcast. I appreciate you all tuning in to the show. You can find BD4 on Apple Podcasts. Listen to it there. You can listen to it on Spotify. You can also watch the video edit of this podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what we what we what you enjoy. Share us share this podcast on social media with your friends. If you want to follow BD4 on social media, you can find us there. On Facebook, we're at BD4. We're on Twitter, at BD4Pod, as well as Instagram, at BD4Pod, and at Rob J. Carbone. That's my personal page where I pretty much just promote this show 90% of the time if I'm not sharing offensive memes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to help out the show, help out and support the podcast, you can find us on Venmo at Robert-Carbone-Jr-28. That's at robert Dash Carbone, dash Junior, JR, Jr. dash 28. BD4blog.com. That's our blog. If you want to check out our website, we got our blog there. We got the links to the podcast there. And in the blog, we talk about the Knicks, Yankees, and some MMA. We've been more active on the blog, BD4blog.com, this year. So if you want to subscribe to that too, it's free. That'd be great. Thank you. And I will see you guys in episode 585 after this Knicks-Hornets, hopefully, victory for the Knicks. Um, and, you know, we'll see. I, I think they have to win by a certain amount to advance into the NBA Cup, uh, the knockout round. So, if, if you care. Uh, something, something, something. I don't know the whole rule. Uh, it, it's point differential. You have to win, but also depending on what happened in the, in the rest of the division or with the rest of the group, they have to win by a certain amount, but whatever. Thank you. Appreciate you tuning in. That's it for this podcast. Later. This episode was brought to you by anchor.
1: Hey there. If you stayed the entire way through, we thank you immensely for it. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come back for the next episode real soon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, download these episodes, and share them with your friends as well. BD4 is a five-star podcast simply because of you. And we'd like to keep it that way. Have a wonderful day. Go Yankees and go Knicks.